Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. I am excited today to be joined by Caroline Rose. And if you're not familiar with her, she is a true powerhouse in the industry, and she's a leader in the heart of K-Rose Company and Cattleman U. And she also operates a farm-to-table store called The Rancher's Daughter. And whether she's on the ranch or in the cell barn or on social media, she is doing all things marketing, cattle, and investing into women in agriculture, which you all know I'm very passionate about. So to kick things off today, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I always laugh when people read my bio because it seems way more impressive than I feel in real life. So all of those things sound great, but I'll give you a little bit about what's actually happening and what it feels like from my perspective. So I am someone who grew up in Montana. I've been involved in agriculture my entire life. I graduated from Montana State University in 2015 with an animal science degree and really no idea what I was going to do as I was pursuing that degree. It just made the most logical sense. I mean, I grew up on a ranch. I wanted to be more involved. And I remember the senior, I was a super senior. So that spring, I kept getting job offers and I was applying for jobs and I just wouldn't take them. And my dad said, you know, you have to work, right? And so I founded a company called K-Rose Company right when I graduated from college. And we did agriculture marketing, especially in the seed stock world. And then I was a cattle buyer procurement. And that's really where it got started. And then it just sort of branched into Cattleman U, which is an educational platform for women involved in agriculture to let them know that they're needed and valued at the business table and that I'm a firm believer to ensure the next generation of farmers and ranchers, we have to have creativity. And then we decided to take the leap into selling farm to table in our store, The Rancher's Daughter, which is in Cowswell, Montana, near Glacier National Park. So lots of people come visit up here and get to eat Montana-grown meats and produce, which we're really passionate about. And I think The big thing now is, you know, I just run um, a team of really talented women who are passionate about making a difference in agriculture, and the impact we get to make is what makes my job fun. 
Well, I love that. And you've, you kind of talked about you've been in agriculture your whole life, but was there a moment or a time you knew like this is what you wanted to do as a career and for the rest of your life? Or was it just always a natural fit? Yeah, that's a great question. So the very like vivid moment that I remember that I wanted to be more involved in agriculture. I mean, I had 4-H animals and things like that was when I forged my dad's signature on the Nile Heifer application to win a scholarship the very first year. And I actually didn't win the heifer. Um, and so then the next year he agreed to sign, but the first year I forged his signature. And that was really where I took matters into my own hands and kind of said like, I wanna raise cows. I wanna be in this industry. What's that gonna look like? How am I gonna do that well? And that was, I think, seventh or eighth grade. So that's kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I know I'm pretty happy in this industry. And there's just nothing better than the people in agriculture. And I couldn't imagine, you know, switching kind of industries now. I just love it here. That is so true. It truly is the best people and the people make the difference because when you're working early mornings and late nights and 24 hours a day, when you're calving out heifers or planting, you have to have good people around you. And so you talked about the great team of women you have. Um, and so talk a little bit about K-Rose Company. You provide some marketing services. And so what all does that entail? Absolutely. So K-Rose Company is an ag marketing agency where we focus in seed stock production and we focus in rural businesses. So we have everything from website design, photos, videos, social media, consulting. We're kind of a full service agency. Um, and then also that's where I run some cattle procurement and I sit in the sale barn and buy cattle in the country under that brand as well. Okay, so I didn't know about your cattle procurement background. And so Talk a little bit about that. That has to be very intimidating when you first started to be a woman walking into a cell barn and buying cattle. I have been in many cell barns in my life and they're majority men um, and typically older men. And so how did you find the confidence to be successful in that role? Well, I'm still gaining confidence nine years later, but it was, you know, when I graduated from college and I approached my dad and I said, I think I want to buy cattle. And my dad said, well, you're not buying cattle for me in a nice way. He said, you have to go either start your own business or you got to go work for someone. And so I decided to kind of team up with him and, and buy some cattle and really have this opportunity to step into that role. And one of the things about being a woman allows is a little bit more creativity and allows me to view things a little bit different. And it is such a great opportunity, especially in the sale barns, just to make sure that I am doing things right and making sure that I sit in there. And it's the sale barn game is so interesting. I talk a little bit about it on TikTok, but it is really interesting because every single time that door cracks, you have to make this split decision. And I didn't really realize that it was a skill until probably the last couple years, but it's it's one of my favorite places to be, I think, because it keeps my brain really sharp. And it's not something that, you know, happened overnight. It was a lot of mistakes. It was a lot of bidding on cattle I shouldn't, getting cattle home and my dad being like, why the heck did you buy that? Or you're over your ticket, you need to write a check for the difference. And 
it's one of the thing I think it's a dying industry for sure. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot is I think it's an issue, but also it is one of the coolest things to sit in the sale barn and be able to buy a load of calves. And I really have felt like just in the last year, my confidence has increased dramatically. I'm a lot less concerned about buying the wrong cattle. I kind of feel like I have a better grasp, but some of that just comes with practice. I remember the very first time I sat in a sale barn, I was worried about what I wore, which is so funny now because now I just show up and I'm a little bit more extra than the rest of the men sitting in there. I'm the only female cattle buyer in most of the sale barns in Montana that I sit in. You know, I have my Starbucks cup or a coffee cup. I bring my Stanley. I oftentimes am charging my phone because my phone is going to die. I mean, I do some extra things, but gosh, it's such a cool position to sit in. And I'm so honored that people all over the you know U.S. and in Canada trust me to buy the calves and make those quick decisions. Well, and when going to a bull cell or a specialty cell, you typically can look at the cattle beforehand, look at a catalog and prepare. And so you really are making decisions as soon as the gate opens and you have seconds to make a decision. So I've seen some things. And so what are some traits or qualities you look for in cattle as they come in the gate? Yeah, I actually did a presentation yesterday on this. So it's something that I think about a lot. So you're noticing all of the the little things, right? You're looking at eyeballs, ears, feet. You're looking at tails. You're looking at ear tags. Do they all match? You're looking at brands. You're looking at sex. You're trying to judge the weight. Um, and then you're also kind of thinking, who do I buy these for? You know, where do these cattle fit and what order do they go on and who needs cattle? And then the, I guess the hardest part of the game is how full are your loads? So if it's 12,927 pounds in the ring, can I buy them? Can I fit them on the load or am I going to be overweight? And so you're always having this mental math game in your head about where you're at. And also you buy cattle on average. So I'm looking at good cattle, multiple rounds of shots, weaned cattle. I can bump up on my ticket a little, um, you know, bull calves, stuff that are multicolored, stuff like that, I might have to bump down a little, but it's an average game. So you're thinking about the last set of cattle and did you pay a little bit more? Do you need to lower the ticket a little? And you just look at all of that and then you make a really good judgment call. And the thing that my dad has always said is if you don't buy them, if you're not the last bidder, you never have to think about it again. And so if there's any question in my mind, anything where Maybe the structure of their nose looks like they might be short cattle um, or they're a 400-pound yearling. They have long tails. Like It's always better to err on the cautious side than buy something you regret. But on the other hand, you make money based on the pounds you buy. So you want to buy the right cattle, but you have to look at them really closely and really carefully and just kind of go with your gut. Well, you mentioned earlier you're very passionate about providing a place for women in the industry and providing them the skill set they need to sit at the table and have conversations on the ranch. And so you started She's a Hand Ranch Camp. And so what inspired you to start that? And then tell our listeners kind of what that camp looks like and what if someone wanted to attend, what it what they would be participating in. She's a Hand Ranch Camp is one of our favorite ventures, the whole entire team just loves it. It doesn't matter. So we run just a little background. We run what's called an entrepreneurial operating system called an EOS business model. 
So we have three main divisions within the umbrella company. So we have operations, which is the factory that produces things. So websites and logos and um, sale catalogs. We have marketing, which runs all things Kettle Menu and handles marketing of our company. And then we have office and support. So the Kettle Menu team all falls under the marketing category. And so they are not necessarily in on the production side every day, right? They don't get to talk to the rancher, some things like that, but they love this camp, the entire team. I mean, it just lights everyone up. So how it started is it's kind of an interesting journey. So I started Cattleman U in 2020, mostly because one, COVID, and two, I've seen all these other conferences go virtually. And I was realizing that the next generation was not able to attend these conferences because their parents were going. So which would be like grandparent age. And I said, that's the exact opposite in every other industry. In every other industry, the engineers, the new engineers are the ones going to conferences, not the senior engineers. And I said, somehow we have to get this next generation to have education that meets them where they're at, which is at home doing the work. And so we did Kettle Menu for a couple of years in that structure. And then I went to a conference a little workshop and they said to ask people around you what your secret sauce is. And so my brother and my dad are both on our operation full time. And I asked them, I said, what makes me different? What is my secret sauce? And I was actually pretty offended when they roundaboutly said, because you're a woman. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Because that is not a conversation we've really ever had in our household. My dad was very clear. If you do hard work, you can do great things. Like, doesn't matter your gender. And both of them said, you just think differently. You bring different skills to the table. You're a little bit softer. You don't try to muscle through things. And and they both said, this is such an asset to our business. And I got to thinking, do other women know that? Like, do other women know that the reason we bring such a unique element and a critical element to production ag is because of the way our brain thinks, just like this God-given process that we don't even consciously know we're thinking differently. And so then we really kind of tried, we started to pivot Cattle Menu towards that direction. And I had a couple women say, well, I don't know how to gain confidence on the ranch. Like, I get what you're saying. I know I'm valuable, but I've been in the kitchen or I've had a job in town and I just don't know how to ask my husband or my brother or my dad or whoever to slow down and to teach me. So I remember calling my brother on the phone. My brother's five years older than me. And I said, I want to do a camp where women come to the ranch and we just teach them everything. And at first he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and then in the same breath, he said, wait a minute. And he said, I think we have to do it. And I said, okay, me too. And he said, if we expect women to feel confident and to show up on the operations where they matter so, so much, someone has to take the time to teach them. Someone has to slow down enough and invite them to be a beginner. And he was like, let's do it. And so in 2023, we did two camps and we actually got a testimonial the other day from one of the attendees that almost made me cry just about, she came to camp without owning any cattle. Now she's the primary caretaker of her and her husband's herd. 
And she just said, like, what I learned in that week is years of knowledge that would take me in the real world. But the whole concept of the camp is they come in 2024. We have six different camps. So we have four regular She's a Hand Ranch camps, April, May, June, and October. And then we have one youth camp, five to 18-year-old women, and then one horseback camp where they can um, come and we're going to do things a horseback. But the whole premise of the camps is really our ranch is the oyster. So come, you get to process cattle, brand cattle, ear tag cattle, sort, um, milk cattle, draw blood, age cattle. You kind of get to do it all. You get to run the chute. You get to run the bud box. You get to drive heavy equipment. You get to do all of these things. Um, you get to preg check. I mean, really, whatever you want to learn, we offer that for attendees. And it's a really great structure. First, we do BQA. We make sure everyone's beef quality assurance. Um, and then we start to get out, you know, the brands and the ear tags and syringes. And I'm like, inject an orange. Because if you've never been around syringes, and now you're adding a live animal, like we want to keep you safe. And then we just bring them to the ranch and we split up into groups. And they'll run the shoot 20 or 30 times until they feel comfortable. And if they miss every single one, but one, no problem. That's why we're here. They'll sort until they feel comfortable doing it. You know, we cut calves, all of these things. And so it's just a week. Um, It's about four days long in Montana where you really get kind of education, hands-on education, but there's no no yelling. No one's judging you. Everyone's cheering you on. You get to practice until you feel comfortable. And for some people that's 10, for some people that's 50. We just continue to go. You do every role. Um, so if you've never branded cattle at your operation, you can brand cattle. We have people that have never touched a cow or been in a close vicinity. I mean, they've seen them driving on the road, right? But to all the way people who live on ranches. So we have this wide range. It's just an incredible experience. And it's one of my favorite things we do. Well, and it's such a unique place. I mean, I grew up on a ranch and I don't feel confident in some of my skills and it takes time and reputation and to have the opportunity to do that will allow people to, like you said, go home and have the confidence to do these things. And so she's, she's a hand ranch camp falls under the Cattleman U umbrella. And so what is Cattleman U? What kind of education resources do you provide? Yeah, Cattleman U is what we call our educational platform for women in agriculture to know their value, um, to get back to the business table and to gain confidence in all things, which is, you know, feeding, a lot of cooking, a lot of juggling the house and kids, ranch education, financial education, kind of emotional and spiritual health education, all of that. And we have kind of a plethora of resources. So we do a podcast, a weekly podcast called the Cattleman U Podcast. We have a agriculture planner called the Cattleman U Planner that we do once a year. Um, people can buy anytime, but we refresh it every year. And it's really designed for women on the ranch. We do what's called a profit finder where we partner with our vet. And she teaches a bunch of classes that she wants people to know at home. So these are things that normally maybe you'd call a vet for, but she teaches a bunch of these little classes. It's very hands-on. And so people can learn how to do it themselves by watching the video. So that's what the profit finder is. Then of course we have the She's a Hand Ranch Camp. And then we have the Kettleman U Collective, which 
is a membership structure. We launch it actually the end of February this year of 2024. And there's membership options that are yearly or you can join monthly. And it has six main topics that I talked about earlier. And every month we just dive deeper into one of those. We have guest speakers, we have community, we have resources. And a lot of the um, ranch camp attendees are also collective members. We do this year, which is going to be kind of fun. We're launching some swag and we have a collective only swag collection. So I got to work on that last week, which is really fun. But pretty much we just want to be a great resource for women in agriculture to talk about the things that matter in their life and that are important to them while providing them the resource to be a very valuable and skilled player on a farmer ranch and have the knowledge and the confidence to be game changers, which we know they already are. Well, you're truly someone who's involved from pasture to play. We've talked about cattle buying, we've talked about cattle education, and you've touched briefly on, but I'd kind of like you to dig into Rancher's Daughter and how you decided to get into the direct-to-consumer business and what that looks like. And that brings its own challenges that just raising cattle doesn't produce when it comes to inspections and quality. And so how have you overcome the challenges you face in this different aspect of the industry? Farm to table. It's such an interesting part of the industry. And I think during COVID, a lot of people were like, well, this is going to make us a lot of money. I'm going to add this. And without the passion, I think farm to table is not a great option for people. We were already selling our beef, not as as much as we are now, but we were already finishing and selling some beef way before COVID. One of the things that was really important to my dad is that we had beef available for family. So his parents, his siblings, cousins, things like that. So we were always, you know, feeding and sending some meat out. And I just started to, you know, deal some meat in the Walmart parking lot. And I didn't really want to, or was able to attend the farmer's market. And so I said, how can we be a good resource for farmers, ranchers, makers, creators in Montana and provide this storefront for them to buy local products year round? That's one of the big things I noticed is the farmer's market shut down in the winter, right? Yet the farmer's market say their ideal customer is locals. So I'm like, great. So locals can't have any local products during the winter. You know, that's a challenge. And and so that's really where the rancher's daughter idea came about. And I'm um, 50% owner with Grayson Cottrell. And we we supply majority of the beef, now the grain and grass finished beef in the store that comes from the operation. One of the cool things is we're able to give some kickback to my dad and brother for taking care of those livestock. So we're able to pay them um, a little above market value for that, which is one of the best things because anything to increase the ranch profitability is important to me. And then we get people who are buying our meat for, you know, the biggest events of the year, Christmas, the holidays, birthdays. We sell every single cut and we do a lot of the undesirable cuts. So we sell a lot of bones and dog bones. We sell a lot of liver and heart and tongue. Of course, everyone wants a good ribeye and prime rib. Um, we do a thing called Ancestral Blend Ground Beef, which has heart and liver in it. That's really, really popular. And then we also sell in the store, everything's from Montana. We sell like produce and chocolate and um, tea towels and canned goods, stuff like that. And then beef, chicken, lamb, pork, um, duck, bison, 
Wagyu. So we kind of have this range. We want to be a one-stop shop for people to come in and get their meat and as much local produce as it is in season. And it's been one of the coolest experiences. Now with K-Rose Company, I'm not in there every single day. I do try to work a couple shifts a month and we have a great team over there. But just the people come in and say, we just love your meat. We love knowing that it's going to a family in Montana. It's raised here. And there's nothing wrong with conventional beef. You know, we buy 20 to 30,000 feeders and feeder calves a year. And most of those are truly going into the Walmarts and the Costco's of the world. So I'm a huge fan of conventional beef, but there is a piece where that farm to table opportunity matters for people who have the funds to support farm to table. And it's been such a fun adventure. It's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. We are a little over a year old. So going into our second full year and it's not an easy ride. It's an expensive, it's very capital intensive, right? Freezers, storage, but it's been one of the most fulfilling things. Just hearing people say, this is the best meat we've ever tasted. Well, and I love that you giving people the opportunity to not just support your own family, but other families by providing other sources of protein and produce and products. And so that's a really unique way to connect with your community, but also other people in agriculture. And so what advice would you have for someone who wants to get more involved in agriculture? The thing I always say to people is we need you. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you're growing, you know, your own lettuce on an apartment rooftop. Like if you want to be involved in feeding people, please be involved. And I think in agriculture, sometimes I just was talking to someone on the phone and they said, you know, is your operation like Yellowstone? And that's all of a sudden the idea that we've gotten about food producers and they come in all kinds and colors and shapes and sizes and ages and we need you. If you're passionate about feeding people, there are so many ways to get involved in agriculture. And being involved in agriculture does not mean you have to farm and ranch. There's a lot of ag-supported businesses that our industry can't run without. And if it's part of your passion, we we need you. Join, start whatever ways possible. But there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I think that the thing about agriculture is you know, they, they say we're what, three generations remove the average person. That's going to be four generations before we know it, and then five, and then six. And so the more you can stay involved in ag, the better. And the other thing too is if you're not involved in ag, if you are someone who is a generation or two removed, get to know a farmer or rancher. Find someone that you can trust and just make sure that your kids don't become the kids that think chocolate milk comes from a brown cow. Like make sure you're doing your job in keeping that little piece of our world involved in their life because without ag, we're all up a creek. Well, I always tell people, I oversee interns and sometimes they say, you know, I just don't think working in the ag industry is for me. And I always say like, but we need doctors and teachers and dentists and first responders who understand what we do and support us. Just because you might not work directly in a company that is ag-related doesn't mean you're not important. And so I love that because it takes all of us. And like you said, as more people get removed from the ranch, we're going to have to continue to educate people in ways we haven't done it before in the past. And so that's going to be a challenge we'll face and it will take everyone. 
And so as you've been, you are an entrepreneur, you're also a mom, you ranch, you have so much going on, but if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you be, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. One thing you mentioned, I'm not a mother yet. I am a wife. We just got married. So Okay. Yeah. Now, those are my niece and nephew that you see. Someday we'll be parents too. But my niece and nephew are playing the leading role right now. And they're Ooh, very that's happy. fun. That's fun. <laughs> they're very happy. My sister-in-law actually called today and she said, I heard Jason, my um, nephew's, he's eight. I heard he wants to come to Kalispell with you next weekend. And I was like, yeah, he mentioned. And I said, I'd ask you. And she's like, it's fine. So they're playing the leading lady and star man at the current moment, but someday my husband and I will um, bring children into the world. And so the big piece of advice, one thing that I always say, well, two things that I say to my team all the time, and I say to myself all the time, if you don't ask, the answer is no, in all capacities. You know, it's so funny, the first time that that really came to fruition in not a sales aspect was... I really wanted to rent a house and I was a year out of college and the house was just too much. And so I called the lady on the phone and I said, I'd love to live in your house, but I can only pay this much a month. And she said, sounds good. And we forget that the worst thing that can happen is someone can say no. The other thing is to be the change you want to see. In this agriculture space, I see so many people complaining, um, about their family members, about the industry, about whatever. And I always say, are you being the change you want to see? And we think that that means big change and it doesn't. If you if it drives you crazy and no one cleans the trash out of the work truck every day, when you're in the work truck, you clean the trash out. If you want a change, you have to be the change you want to see. And I think the last thing is you can do a lot of really great things. And I see a lot of people putting ceilings on themselves, both their productivity and how they spend their time. But there is so much time in this world. Like if you want to grind and and I think hustling is something that is a lost art, but you can put your nose to the grindstone, give yourself six months and you can have a completely different life. It's really up to you to make a difference? Well, I ask one standard question on all my podcasts to all my guests, and it's if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? Oh, so I've thought about this a little bit and it's hard because there's a few things. I mean, immediately, I think you want to say something to the nature of Jesus loves you. (laughs) And part of my story that I don't talk a ton about is One of the reasons I'm self-employed is I ended up having a bunch of strokes my senior year in high school. And so I kind of have this medical journey that took me to being self-employed. But I think that is immediately what um, you'd want to say is make sure people know that they're loved and valued, especially in agriculture with the suicide rate that we have. Um, But the other thing that I think is really important that people know is that what makes them unique is what is valuable in this world. So the thing that we're the most embarrassed about, our quirkiness, the way our brain works, whatever it is, is what makes us the most valuable in the world. And I think we try to hide some of those things that show our true self because we want to fit in 
but we were made to stand out. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so great. How can our listeners connect with you? And I'm also happy to link everything in the show notes, but I would love for you to tell them how they can connect with you. Absolutely. On Instagram, we have four different accounts. Um, so we have Cattleman U, K-Rose Company, The Rancher's Daughter, and then I have a personal Instagram that I talk a little bit about CEO life, managing companies, those kind of decisions, some of the creative aspects I get to do. On Facebook, we have four accounts, the same type of accounts that you can follow. I am kind of dabbling a little bit on TikTok. We do, of course, weekly newsletters for all of our companies if you want to follow along and then um, joining and listening to the podcast. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your time with us, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm honored that you asked me to be on. Thank you. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.